The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio. Are you seeking more energy and ready to have more healings and revealings in your life? Then you've tuned into the right program. For the next hour, listen in as Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, shares with you tools you can use to transform your life. She will guide you on a journey to create a life that is intentional and dynamic. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. Welcome, everyone, and thank you so much, all of you intentional spirits out there. Love hearing your stories, love having you email and letting us know. We appreciate your feedback, your um, emails, and everything in the ways that you get in touch with us and for you promoting our work on social media. As I always like to say, there's a very big distinction between people that have intentions and people that are intentional. People that have the best of intentions often start with resolutions or losing weight or having a new relationship. It's one thing to have intentions. It's another thing to carry them through. And we always bring in guests that help us along life's journey and support us in different tools that we can use that accelerate us to the next level. Today we're talking with someone that specializes in joy. Uh, Her website is built around the concept of joyology. I love that. That's a far movement from woundology, which some of us along the journey have had. And so today, it's with great pleasure that I welcome to our show, Pat Armistead. Thank you for being with us today. Oh, excited to meet you, Temple. And um, yeah, can't wait to see what what conversation emerges. And that would be true for both of us because we never know exactly what's supposed to happen. But what we know is we're we're willing to be open and let it happen. And it's very interesting because through the years, um, I've used the word joy as a as a teaching model as an acronym. The word joy, just open yourself. And so when we think about it in that perspective, how did you get into this line of work? And why, on your own path, is joy so important for you? <clears throat> it began, um, well, it probably began way back when I was 17 and went nursing, but I think officially began in 2001 as a result of a series of losses, but uh, a very strong interconnection between the two. I always wanted to be an artist, and when I left school, my mother said, well, that's lovely, dear, but I really think you should get a proper job. And so it happened that I went nursing. Uh, I had never considered uh, being a nurse. And um, the very first man that I ever bed-bathed was a man by the name of Bob Hall, and a construction crane had fallen on Bob, and... He arrived in um, casualty, literally flattened, and they uh, stood around the bedside and pretty much shook their heads and said, he's not going to make it. So four hours later, Bob was actually still alive, and they said, well, perhaps we should take him to theatre, and they were a bit concerned that he would die on the table, Um, but they did um, take him to theatre, and the conversation changed then, and they were saying, well, you know, poor beggar, he'll um, probably be a vegetable. So Bob was being trolleyed back to the recovery area post um, his first lot of surgery, and the conversation had shifted again, and they said, you know, he's probably going to be, he'll probably be a vegetable. <clears throat> Bob woke up very quickly in recovery and revealed, indeed, he was not a vegetable. And the conversation changed again after that, and they said, well, he'll never walk again. Bob actually had 35 broken bones. He was in hospital the whole three years of my general nurse training, and I saw Bob Hall every day of that three years, 
whether I was rostered on his ward or not. And he walked on two sticks to my graduation ceremony and stood up the back until the ceremony proper was over and then said, I actually have something to say, and came down the front. And he opened this big scroll and started reading out all these dreadful tricks and pranks and the things that I'd done to him over that three-year period. I actually spent a lot of time in Matron's office temple (laughs) um, for my tricks as a nurse. And when he'd finished reading this list, he turned to me and he said, you don't know what you've done. And the real significance of that story is fast forward from there, that was about 1970, through to 2001. And um, in 2001, I really got what he was saying. I really got how my innate capacity to be good-humoured in the face of a lot of uh, disagreement from the universe... um, was my gift that I brought this lifetime and the degree to which I didn't have to exert any effort to um, to, to manifest in that area. Um, so I include that story and um, those beginnings. Um, the joy journey itself began in 2001. I had um, a whole series of losses over a four-year period. I lost my home and the business twice in that time. I had cancer. Uh, I had lost my first child, a daughter. I moved to another country, over to New Zealand, owing $80,000, which I repaid in two years. My family hadn't spoken um, since 1989. And when I arrived in New Zealand, I had 10 car accidents in the first 18 months. And I need to reassure you, Temple, none of those were my fault, honest. <laughs> um, I think you might call it crash crash karma. <laughs> <laughs> crash karma, I love that. Yeah. And then um, the, peak, the peak of all those losses, um, my partner of 20 years left with another woman. And... Um, his parting words were, um, no, I don't love you, and I never loved you. And in that moment, I thought, if that's true, then everything that I've known is not true. Wow. And so I plummeted. So yeah, there was do my... It. That would do it, yeah. yeah my fall into the... Yeah, fall into the abyss. Um... And, you know, I I did become, you know, I essentially disintegrated and did become depressed, didn't want to be medicated as my doctor wanted to do, and I went looking looking for another way and um, eventually wrote my own prescription, as I was sharing with you earlier. It's called Antizac. You won't find it on um, any chemist's shelf, uh, but it's made up of... Uh, muse, A for Muse, N for Enthuse, T for Trust, I for Intuition, Z for Zeal, A for Attitude, and C for Creativity. And um, I have an e-book uh, wow. written that fills in on that and how people can um, use those things to, to find their own way as an adjunct to, um, to the healing process. Um, So that was my pivot point, those losses. Then uh, I attended a grieving seminar. Um, A doctor had come to New Zealand to work with parents who had lost their children, 400 parents at the children's hospital. Uh, His mission was to um, give them a way to create their own um, support networks once they left the embrace of the hospital. So I sat that day with in a room with 400 people who had lost children, um, very sad, very heavy energy. And when I left that meeting, I went home and had a conversation, quite by chance, <laughs> with a magician in South Australia who was inviting me to bring laughter workshops 
to New Zealand. I, I'm currently, I'm living back in Brisbane now, in Australia. <clears throat> and, um, you know, I, I, in that conversation with him, I appreciated the starkness of where I'd been a few hours before, sitting in this room, uh, the heaviness of the grief of those 400 people, and then a couple of hours later, I'm laughing my head off with this magician and not telling me any jokes. <laughs> um, he's simply telling me about laughter yoga. And it was in there that I, re I just had this vision of a, um, a mood barometer. And I really thought, I think joy is all of it. The very fact that we can, you know, I just felt such wonder that we can experience this, this full range of emotions. And then there was a lull in the conversation. And in that lull, just a little quiet moment, it just came to me. Oh, my God. We've got radiology, pathology, hematology, but no joyology. I'm going to be a joyologist. And so began the journey. At that point, I had no idea uh, what that meant or where it was going to go. And... Um, the journey since then has been all about fulfilling on that. I want to iterate um, two or three things um, to our listening audience. Um, one is, uh, I think it's so awesome that you traveled in Russia with Patch Adams. Uh, so many of the audience uh, knows Patch Adams and the work and the film and the and the power of that. Uh, the other thing is that... Um, you went through great lengths to be able to call us from Australia, which is where you are right now, um, in us doing the show. And I really want to thank you and acknowledge you for that. Um, in the past, Pat has won in just even recently so many awards, National Speakers Association, New Zealand. Um, she's been the leader of two international speaker conferences that she is a founding trustee for the Center for Compassion in New Zealand, multi-award winning radio program, uh, Joy in the Moment. It won uh, Best Production in 2010, a winner 2011-12-13 People's Choice Award, um, Most Awarded Speaker. I mean, go on and on and on. You're, you're like, um, I often talk about in, in my own teachings, um, of how you moved in your life from good to amazing. And, and you did that from a place of heartache, which opened you up to a whole new place within your being. Uh, you probably had no idea uh, back in nursing and other times that you would wind up being a leading expert in, in joyology. No, not at all. Not at all. The, um, in fact, the, the first few weeks after that insight, um, because it almost, it was like a gift from outside of me. It was like a real uh, channeling in uh, of that information. How could I make that up on my own? <laughs> um, I believe I was the first. Um, there, there was no other joyologist at that time that I could see, though there are, there are several now. Um, and, look, I was like a dog with a bone trying to... How do I, what am I meant to do? Teach me, show me, guide me. So, so looking for, for guidance and um, direction for how this might develop. And um, I ended up doing two pilots in aged care. One teaching um, the residents to um, do yogic laughter. And they did a 30-minute you laughter yoga exercise every day for 90 days and I accredited them as New Zealand's first laughter accredited facility. Um, they went on to achieve a world record in the Guinness Book of Records for laughing continuously for one hour. I was concerned about how they might cope with that, that so we did it in <laughs> we did it in rounders. <clears throat> and um, then a second pilot for uh, of 12 months duration, and it was after that that I really began to see the substance that was there from my nursing background, 
And um, what I'd learned and was continuing to learn through this journey of loss and um, transition, transformation. Um, when my partner left, I lost the pigment out of my skin overnight. Um, one area was a butterfly shape on my chest. And you might know in the movie Patch Adams when his girlfriend is shot, he goes um, and looks out over where he's going to build Gazuntai and a monarch lands on his briefcase and then flies up and lands on his chest. And that's actually an absolutely true story. And when I looked at my chest in the mirror when I got up this morning uh, and saw the uh, butterfly-shaped area that had just gone white, I immediately thought of that. And um, when I look back now, it's no surprise that some 18 months later, uh, I actually toured with the real Catch Adams and there were other indicators along the way that that was going to occur. So these these losses really took me to a, a much more heightened awareness and level of consciousness and something I'm starkly aware of right through to now is my ability to see side by side challenge and support. Um, life continues to do what life does, but there's a another level of consciousness there for me now that allows me to um, be more of the observer and to see what's occurring and to know and have a level of faith and trust that um, support is going to appear and the better I can be in that space, then the quicker that I see the support. Uh, I've journaled that over the years and have so many stories now that are indicators of that, that demonstrate that. And a lot of my teaching, especially one-on-one -on -one with people, you'd be able to use those stories to demonstrate to them how it can become a possibility in their lives and they can experience more equanimity, love that word, <laughs> um, and be more in flow as opposed to experiencing extreme peaks and troughs. I, I love on your blog, uh, which, by the way, you can go to uh, Pat's website, joyology.co.nz, as in New Zealand, joyology.co.nz, and you can find out so much more about her, the various products and the things that she offers. I love in um, one of your blog readings the statement from uh, Trina Paulus, how does one become a butterfly? You must want to fly so much that you are willing to give up being a caterpillar. I love that. That is just um, yes. so poignant, you know, to what you're talking about. Mm. Yes. And the um, my... Um, through the years, I've, the, the monarch has been my um, symbol for my business, if you like. Um, I dress in those colours, especially when I'm speaking and presenting, and I've used that transformational model um, in all of my programs, actually. I do. I have a grieving program, uh, also a transformational program, helping people to develop their story and become a speaker themselves. And so, so being able to help people move through, it is the hero's journey and uh, acknowledge that and link it in to, to the um, evolution of, of the monarch. And, um, you know, it has that one cycle going from cocoon through to butterfly. But that cycle actually changes minutely four times over the year. So... At different stages of the year, the way in which it cycles alters ever so slightly. But the inner ingredients are all the same. <laughs> and I so really get that. It's like my 
um, you know, the elements of who I am have not changed. That that inner substance is is there uh, and has always been there. And with each new flowering or evolving or coming out of the cocoon, um, you know, there, there's more and more self-assurance, more and more um, feelings of beauty and I use that term rather than beautiful but you know experiencing beauty and being able to see beauty um, to uh, to see beauty sometimes where it appears there's none and to be able to show then show others um, what I can see that they can't see right now is has been a gift that's evolved especially these last 10 years. I'm going to read what uh, your website says. Um, in 1990, the World Health Organization declared depression to be world health burden number four and predicted it would be number two by 2020. The drug funding agency, Pharmac, says doctors wrote 1.2 million prescriptions in 2009 in New Zealand, that's one out of four people being prescribed antidepressants. That's staggering, isn't it? And um, yes. and it, it's all of all around. Um, we're talking today with Pat Armistead. She is an expert in the field of joyology, not only because of the work that she's done and what she uh, speaks about and teaches in corporations and across the globe, but because she has actually lived from a place of depression to discovering a new way and practical applications for all of us. We're going to take a short break, and while we do, go to the website joyology.co.nz, as in New Zealand, and we'll be right back after this short break. Thank you so much for being with us today. If Unity Online Radio has helped you grow spiritually through programs like this one, please consider supporting this online radio programming. Visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you for helping us continue to serve as the voice of an awakening world. Weather forecasters can provide guesstimates based on scientific data, but in the end, we cannot know with absolute certainty what the weather will be until we live it. Life works the same way. We may think we know what's going to happen, expecting the best while preparing for the worst. We can keep a positive frame of mind and weather any storm because we are one with the ever-present miracle-working power of God. We are mightier than any circumstance on this earth because we are divine in nature and a part of the eternal. We live in a world where we can realize our possibilities because we know that with God all things are possible. And the way to keep our hearts and minds centered and focused on divine potentialities is through prayer. As author Frances W. Folks wrote in her book, Effectual Prayer, If the time of achievement seems long, pray. If the way seems dark, pray. If the results seem delayed, pray. Morning, noon, and night, pray. Pray without ceasing. This Mindful Moment is brought to you by Daily Word magazine. For more than 90 years, Daily Word has helped people of all faiths live healthy, prosperous, and meaningful lives. Take advantage of our 30-day free trial of the digital edition. You'll receive access to the online magazine, a daily email with the Word for the Day, and the Daily Word app. To sign up for the 30-day free trial, visit unityonlineradio.org slash dailyword. At Metaphysical Rock 2, we demystify metaphysics to help you live life at a deeper level. One of our key principles is the recognition that you always have the power to choose how you respond to any situation. Instead of asking, why did this happen to me? 
A better practice, which aligns with the metaphysical principles we share, is to ask yourself the question, how can I use this for good? We promise you'll experience a transformation in thinking that will reap huge dividends as you master the art of living metaphysically. For new perspective and spiritual insight, listen to Metaphysical Romp 2 with co-hosts Rev. Paul Hasselbeck, Rev. Bill Holton, and Rev. Cher Holton. Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time, here on Unity Online Radio. Thank you for listening to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being, with Rev. Temple Hayes. If you have a question or comment about today's discussion, you can email us at theintentionalspirit at unityonlineradio.org. Now, here is your host, Rev. Temple Hayes. Welcome back, everyone, and thank you so much for being part of our show today as we're talking with Pat Armistead. She is a mover and shaker in the uh, world of joyology. She teaches about joy, um, not only in everyday life, but with corporations. She teaches about the importance of the leadership model. I love that she says you can't lift your bottom line in your company if your people are down. Really awesome stuff. Um, Pat, let's talk a bit about your, your wonderful new book, um, that you are uh, touching lies with. It's uh, very, very powerful. And it's it's the medicine that you know works, anti-Zach. And so talk to us about that. Anti-Zach was actually um, birthed on the tour with um, Patch Adams through Russia's orphanages. Um, my clown persona, when I, I toured with him and um, 35 others, my clown persona was called Doubting Thomas and was really a reflection of my alter ego. And, you know, what I, I returned from that 16 days feeling more vital and alive than I'd ever felt in my whole life and more present. And what I really recognized on return was the degree to which I had been present throughout that period and the the level of joy that I'd experienced, even in the face of stark poverty and children living in um, extremely difficult circumstances. Um, So there was this kind of seeding of an idea and um, the things that I had done in my clown persona included, uh, I actually went did go to clown school in preparation for that tour, but never did learn to juggle <laughs> or any other tricks. Um, however, improv acting taught me many lessons. So A in uh, the word anti-Zac is about being amusing. And, and for me, this is not necessarily about being a clown and being absolutely silly, playing the fool. It's more about what it means to be good-humoured. And for me, that's, I think to be good-humoured is to be appropriately responsive or not. And the best example of that on the tour with Patch, um, he was sitting next to me on the bus one day and sharing that his mother, who was a diabetic, had had um, one one leg removed as a result of poor circulation. And um, he said, you know, he was there sitting beside her bed as she woke up, patting her hand and um, comforting her to let her know she was there. And as her eyelids fluttered open, fluttered open, he leaned in and he said, well, Ma, now you know what it's like to have one foot in the grave. And that's not something everybody could get away with um, at the bedside, somebody who's just had a leg amputated. Uh, And in his telling of that story, I really saw, here we are, uh, this is a real demonstration of the degree to which trust and relationship is necessary in order for us to 
have humour and to use humour and to be good humoured, without that trust, um, we're not going to express. And so this whole idea of what it meant to um, be a compassionate clown, which is essentially what I slipped into on that tour, um, began with in each encounter, and we saw many hundreds and hundreds of children, uh, was about being able to slip into the persona. So I had a, an outer garb that demonstrated something funny, but to be able to slip into that and demonstrate that compassionate place uh, and bring about uh, incredible encounters. And it just happened time after time after time. In the next letter, a um, little bit of poetic license here, is about enthuse. So being able to enthuse others and um, use your experiences and your level of energy to uh, infuse other people. So using your goodwill <laughs> to raise the consciousness and assist others to uh, reach that space, especially during times when they can't manage it on their own. T is for trust. And I just say that that's kind of a, a very pivotal part. I look back to my early nursing years and, you know, we used to walk into the bedside and do pretty terrible things to uh, a lot of patients. And it required trust to be generated really, really quickly. And I don't know the exact answer to that, but in that, that's something that has certainly stayed with me um, throughout these years. So being able to create and slip into that high trust environment pretty much allows you to be able to do anything. I is for intuition. So being able to work intuitively and I think my most heightened experience of that has come through working with the performing arts, in particular improv acting. In improv, um, the rules of improv are first thought is correct, all players are equal and nobody wins if someone tries to win. So being able to trust first thought consistently um, is a skill that's developed through a range of exercises that improv performers do. And that has just so freed my mind from the mental chatter to allow me much more access to my intuitive self and to be able to work in that fashion. Z is for zeal. I've always had fairly high energy. Um, it's fluctuated, of course, but being able to... So much of what we experience in life, I think, is about the language we wrap around life. So being able to find increasing, um, I'm going to use the word better, <laughs> levels of language um, help us to create for ourselves our and certainly relate to that with um, you, Temple, and the whole notion of um, we can create intentions, but stepping out on this tour, we step out intentionally every day to energise, vitalise, and bring joy and love to these hundreds and hundreds of orphans that we visited. And finding zeal, I think, came from that place of intention. A, the next A is for attitude. And this is about being in a place of choice. Um, day by day, moment by moment, we do get to choose. And we do have this emotional scale, so there's no expectation that we'll always be over in peak bliss. Um, that's, that's not how life is. But being able to develop skills to become more of an observer, to notice where you're going, and being able to, I often call it autocorrect, uh, as you're moving through that, helps you to stay um, within reasonable mood swings and, and manage your state a lot more efficiently. And the last one, C, is about creativity and developing your creative self. And that's not necessarily about being an artist. It's more about looking at 
the full range of ways in which you can express yourself. Professor Howard Gardner says we have many intelligences, not just one, but in many countries we favour sport and academia and things like interpersonal and intrapersonal relationships don't really get a look in. So being able to lead people to discover more about themselves and their individual intelligences, their um, signature strength, and then how to harness those and marry them to the job description, if that's um, what might be required, so that people can experience more joy, even if they're not in the job of their dreams. So this book evolved to, um, number one, um, be a balm for people moving through grief and loss, and that's not necessarily um, going to be a great big loss. There are so many little losses, all the rejections, all the uh, downturns, all the low moments, all get stacked up. It's all cumulative. So being able to help people become more self-monitoring um, through this heightened level of awareness was was my intention in creating Antizac. And... Um, I was lucky to have, for many years in New Zealand, a, a wonderful doctor who came from a very holistic place um, and, yes, to have his, you know, he, re he really got the writing of this book, so he, he actually wrote the foreword for me, which was just extraordinary. We were really very much on the same page about, um, you know, the level of pain that's out there. And, and the degree to which we as individuals can be a balm for that pain. I love the uh, the quote that you use in some of your material is one of my um, most uh, favored quote as well. Don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive and go do that. Because what the world needs is people who have come alive. And it, it just... Um, with everything you're saying, it's about uh, the opportunity to support people and how to become really alive. One time in passing in a conversation, I just said, kind of in addition to a number of other thoughts, we choose joy. And probably a year later, uh, this woman came up to me and she said, oh, I heard that and I was, you know, there that particular day. And she said that simple idea I choose joy has changed my life, absolutely changed my life because I do realize the impact of having a choice and what that can be for me. Yes. Another thing about joy too, I think, I think it's a curious mix sometimes of pleasure and pain. Uh, if we look at childbirth, it's perhaps the best example. Um, there's that, you know, the incredible um, endurance of of the mother to be going through that birthing process, but the joy and wonder that's happening simultaneously. Uh, I've also seen people in you know really intense moments of health crises. Um, I have a friend who was with a a child who was dying and the parents were either side of the bed and the little girl uh, who was close to passing took her parents' hands and placed them uh, over her, her chest, her heart, and she said to them, I want you to both promise me that you will love each other the way that you've loved me. And there's just something so beautifully and tragically sad, but also um, incredibly poignant. Um, so you're being able to really touch hearts um, in a way that often evokes tears. There's, there's uh, for me, there's just this incredible mix, uh, a beautiful space. Absolutely. Pat, tell us a story of um, one of your clients that you've worked with 
and an example or two of when you've really uh, shared with them that you use? Um, uh, one lady that comes to mind, she had her four boys revealed to her that uh, their father had been sexually abusing them. So um, she had been unaware. Over the next four weeks, she was able to remove them from the household. Um, she reported him and he was duly arrested and did ultimately go to jail. Um, and yeah, she did a lot of very busy work in that first three or four weeks getting things sorted. She had funds to buy another house and um, set herself up and get things sorted in a kind of a four to, four to six week window, uh, which is when I met her. And at, at that point, her she had been seeing a counsellor and the counsellor had been saying, I'm really worried about you. You're not, um, you're too good. <laughs> you're not expressing emotionally. And she did my uh, Good Grief program, uh, which is a deeply spiritual healing program over a two to three day period. It involves um, a body casting process, which is a bit hard to explain, but uh, there is some visual on the website under the grief, uh, grief page. And what happened with this lady, and I use her because she's the starkest example over this relatively short period, this lady came to experience true forgiveness and compassion in the shortest space that I've ever seen anyone come to that place. And it really just gave me such hope around she, she still had some grieving to do and that grieving process would continue on post our few days together. But what had occurred had been sufficient healing for her to be in a different place and not be caught up or trapped by her grief. She had become very literate around her grief, I think is a, a great um, word. In cultures that don't have a lot of ceremony and ritual, I see there's a lot of... Um, grief illiteracy. People don't know how to express, verbalise or in other ways um, give vent to their grief, to express their grief and it's all kind of tidied and sorted up and we'll have the funeral in five days and seven to ten days and we'll be back at work and we're done. Um, and all of these emotions lay trapped within the body and at some point down the track again the manifest is illness. Uh, if people don't um, find a way to go there. So with um, Leah, this lady I speak of, her her journey was just, I was just in awe and wonder at my own process to be able to sit with her in this incredibly intimate space and to go really deeply into the bare bones of who she is. I love a lot of Clarissa Pinkola Eastie's work and, and use that um, and to yeah to go to the deep mystery of her her womanhood um, and and her reveal her true essence and then she made meaning of all of that experience on this um, cast body part we cast her torso um, so an incredible journey of discovery and um, takes courage to, um, in the heat of pain and loss and grief and turmoil, to uh, use that time to go. A saying I have is, whatever comes up now, I will go to it, and I encourage my clients to do the same um, and to be supported through that process. But um, once we have um, gone to it, then... Um, there's actually nothing there. <laughs> we've we've moved beyond, and we're in a fresh place. 
And um, this, this for me is really indicative of there is so much suffering and I don't think that that suffering needs to occur. I think there's so much we can do to alleviate that. In New, New Zealand, for the last few years, has had the highest incidence of youth suicide um, per capita around the world. And New Zealand's a fairly small country, four or five million, right through the, the whole country. And it's, it's like, you know, the question I ask is, who are we being that our children can experience no hope? that they look around and, and don't want to be here to such a, a large extent. And I think part and parcel of that is um, the level of um, despair uh, and disconnect that's there in a lot of our communities. People are not connected to what's really going on, stuck in um, a fairly unemotive environment and, and, you know, they're, they're actually dead now. Um, they're not alive. They're not, not feeling at all um, to the level that they could, uh, which would then enable them to um, see the challenge, see the support and the um, gifts that come with being able to uh, connect with your challenges and um, we're a meaning-making machine as human beings, and being able to make meaning of life events is uh, a wonderful way to um, actively heal. Well, you are a, a true model and inspiration um, for so many. I, I can see so clearly as to why you are so successful in your field and I'm so grateful um, on behalf of myself and the audience that that you did decide within yourself to be a butterfly. Um, reminding everyone that we're talking to a well-known author, a very popular speaker and teacher uh, throughout Australia and also other parts of the world, Pat Armistead. You can go to her website, joyology.co.com. In Z, as in New Zealand, um, those kind of programs, just like today, people that are taking their lives and becoming intentional and being different in the world because they're willing to be different like Pat, uh, reminding all of you to join me on my website, templehaze.com, or one of our sponsors, firstunity.org, to gather more information in the wide range of teaching that, that we do. Pat, thank you so much for being on our show today. I really loved having you and look forward to hearing more about the work that you continue to do in the world. Thank you so much. And, and the same here. I certainly will be. Uh, I've been aware of your work for a long time, but um, having had this closer connection, we'll be watching you more closely as well. I'm looking forward to it as the journey continues, we say. Yes. <laughs> to be continued. To be continued. Bless you, Pat. Thank you so much. Bye, bye for now. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. Join us every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central for tools and simple applications which will support you from being alive to fully living. This program is brought to you in part by First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida. To learn more about this ministry, go to www.unitycampus.org or www.templehaze.org. that there might be something not quite right, but you just can't put your finger on it? We may describe it as an inner stirring, a restlessness, 
a yearning to find our way home to our heart and higher purpose. Some of us may feel like we are living on borrowed time, that despite our accomplishments, what was once so important to us now just feels empty and meaningless. If you find your heart longing, wanting, looking for a path home to authenticity and purpose, join us for transformation, inspiration, hope, and possibility. Move toward your higher calling. Listen to The Call of Spirit with Evelyn Foreman and tune in to Possibility every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Central Time here on Unity Online Radio. calls upon us to be open to new ideas, new creative ways of thinking, and new ways of doing things. All of the positive changes in our world have been the result of open-minded people looking at some aspect of their world in a whole new way. You can have a more exciting life filled with wonder and glory when you keep an open mind about the new and unusual things that come your way and when you take a new look at what you thought were life's ordinary experiences. Just like the turtle who won't get anywhere in life without sticking its neck out a little, we get a lot further in life by sticking our mental neck out a little every day. You can be open to the changes in your world by starting with your own thoughts. This message has been brought to you by the Association of Unity Churches International. To find a Unity Church near you, visit www.unity.org. It is the birthright of each and every one of us to live an awakened life. Most religions and spiritual traditions teach us that we need to adopt a certain belief system or follow some prescribed steps to attain a state of enlightenment. A long-held belief about awakening is that only a small number of people destined to become gurus or spiritual teachers can attain it. It is certainly true that until recent times, only a small number of people on the planet had attained this state of full self-realization. These saints, mystics, and spiritual masters were seen as special. They certainly were at the time. However, times are changing. This message was brought to you by T.J. Woodward, host of Awakened Living Radio. Learn more from T.J. on his weekly podcasts. Episodes are available on unityonlineradio.org, iTunes, and Google Play Music. The world is full of voices, advertising, television, politics, colleagues, family, and friends. All are too happy to tell us how to live. In all of that noise, it's easy to miss the one voice that matters, your own soul. What would happen if you could hear that voice? Imagine the clarity, confidence, and courage that would be yours and the life you could create. Join Janet Connor, best-selling author of Writing Down Your Soul, The Lotus and the Lily, and Your Soul Wants Five Things, as she and her guests explore how to hear the call of the soul and create the soul-directed life. Live Thursday at 1 p.m. Central, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Go inside to find. Does the idea of being a vegetarian or a vegan intrigue you? Is it something you've pondered? Listen each week as Victoria Moran, author of Main Street Vegan, shows you how to make the shift to a sustainable lifestyle for both you and the planet. Each week you'll learn about the latest on the vegan life. It's not just for celebrities and moguls, but for people just like you who want to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Guests will range from unity ministers to vegan authors, activists, physicians, chefs, and even some of those glittery celebs. There'll be recipes, ideas, tips for going vegan at your own pace, and ways to make a difference for animals and the planet at every meal. 
Tune in Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time for Main Street Vegan, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. of spiritually conscious living start now for a time-tested method to live with purpose and release your infinite potential tune in to the yoga hour living the eternal way with yogacharya ellen grace o'brien every thursday morning at 10 a.m central 8 a.m pacific only on unity online radio the voice of an awakening world calls upon us to be open to new ideas, new creative ways of thinking, and new ways of doing things. All of the positive changes in our world have been the result of open-minded people looking at some aspect of their world in a whole new way. You can have a more exciting life filled with wonder and glory when you keep an open mind about the new and unusual things that come your way and when you take a new look at what you thought were life's ordinary experiences. Just like the turtle who won't get anywhere in life without sticking its neck out a little, we get a lot further in life by sticking our mental neck out a little every day. You can be open to the changes in your world by starting with your own thoughts. This message has been brought to you by the Association of Unity Churches International. To find a Unity Church near you, visit www.unity.org. It is the birthright of each and every one of us to live an awakened life. Most religions and spiritual traditions teach us that we need to adopt a certain belief system or follow some prescribed steps to attain a state of enlightenment. A long-held belief about awakening is that only a small number of people destined to become gurus or spiritual teachers can attain it. It is certainly true that until recent times, only a small number of people on the planet had attained this state of full self-realization. These saints, mystics, and spiritual masters were seen as special. They certainly were at the time. However, times are changing. This message was brought to you by T.J. Woodward, host of Awakened Living Radio. Learn more from T.J. on his weekly podcasts. Episodes are available on unityonlineradio.org, iTunes, and Google Play Music. The world is full of voices, advertising, television, politics, colleagues, family, and friends. All are too happy to tell us how to live. In all of that noise, it's easy to miss the one voice that matters, your own soul. What would happen if you could hear that voice? Imagine the clarity, confidence, and courage that would be yours and the life you could create. Join Janet Connor, best-selling author of Writing Down Your Soul, The Lotus and the Lily, and Your Soul Wants Five Things, as she and her guests explore how to hear the call of the soul and create the soul-directed life. Live Thursday at 1 p.m. Central, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Go inside to find. Does the idea of being a vegetarian or a vegan intrigue you? Is it something you've pondered? Listen each week as Victoria Moran, author of Main Street Vegan, shows you how to make the shift to a sustainable lifestyle for both you and the planet. Each week you'll learn about the latest on the vegan life. It's not just for celebrities and moguls, but for people just like you who want to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Guests will range from unity ministers to vegan authors, activists, physicians, chefs, and even some of those glittery celebs. There'll be recipes, ideas, tips for going vegan at your own pace, and ways to make a difference for animals and the planet at every meal. 
Tune in Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time for Main Street Vegan, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Since 1977, Omega Institute in New York's beautiful Hudson Valley has hosted some of the best spiritual teachers and social visionaries, sharing their messages of hope, healing, and transformation. On the Dropping In podcast, hosted by Emmy Award-winning producer Callie Alpert, you will enjoy in-depth interviews and conversations with people like Pema Chodron, Jack Kornfield, John Kabat-Zinn, and many others on the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Also, check out the video series on Spotify. Spotify. 